Welcome to the Canadian Real Estate Investor, where hosts Daniel Foch and Nick Hill navigate the market and provide the tools and insights to build your real estate portfolio. Welcome back to another episode of the Canadian Real Estate Investor Podcast. My name is Daniel Foch, and I am joined here by none other than the lovely Nick Hill. I love when you call me lovely. It's such a heartwarming way to begin every episode. And we've got another great episode lined up for you today about a topic that we haven't really touched on in depth. So we felt it finally deserved its own episode. But uh, before we get into that, keeping with recent tradition, which I've been enjoying, let's start things off with reading one of the great reviews of the show by one of our awesome listeners. Dan, hit me with it. That tradition, by the way, is you leave us a review on, you can only leave a written review on Apple Podcasts, but if you don't write anything and you leave us a just a five-star review on Spotify, we will imagine what you wrote <laughs> based on your review. But uh, you leave us a written review on the podcast and then every other episode, we read it aloud on yeah. the show. And it's kind of a competition to see who can leave the best review. So it might be you. <laughs> This week, it's Jen, in brackets, WPG, which we were debating is before the show. Is that Winnipeg? or I thought it was Women's PGA Tour. I think we got a professional golfer named Jen who is leaving us. That would be reviews. awesome. Jen, help me with my backswing, if that's the case. Oh, and you know if... what? It's not WPGA. It's LPGA. Ladies, yeah. It's okay, like so that, I think it's Winnipeg. It's Jen from Winnipeg. WNBA. So, Dan, what did, uh, what, did, what did Jen say about us. Jen left us show. a five-star review and she said, I love listening to you brilliant cats. Meow. <laughs> you <laughs> have actually say meow. No, the there's no meow. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you have great voices, which surprises me actually, because sometimes I find my voice to be very monotone and boring. Mm, never. But you have great voices and knowledge to share with us Canadians. You make me so excited to become a future real estate investment and replenish my love for houses. Thank you for sharing your expertise, Dan and Nick. You are very welcome, Jen, and you are very welcome. And thank you very much to everyone that takes the time to rate us and leave us a review. So really love to hear it. But now it's time to get into the bulk of today's episode. We're going to start things off with a little saying. Now, we've likely all heard some variation of this famous saying or quote before, and it's something along the lines of nothing is certain in life other than death and taxes. Kind of grim. Uh, well, that famous idiom comes from founding father of the United States, Mr. Benjamin Franklin himself, who wrote it all the way back in 1789 in a letter to another politician that said, in quotes, our new constitution is now established and has the appearance that promises permanency. But in this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. Very morbid. Just a pretty sad. The guy's yeah. more of a cynic than me, that's for sure. I guess, he, is he Benjamin Franklin? He's the guy on the $100 bills? Yes, yeah, the guy that uh, his face is always, I, there's like rappers that has have his like face tattooed on. I get on. that tattoo, for sure. <laughs> All about make, the Benjamins. We gotta, yeah, that's it. We got to make a couple more Benjamins before we go getting tattoos of Mr. Benjamin on uh, on ourselves. But uh, Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about all things property taxes, what you need to know about them, why they exist, uh, what they're based off of, how to pay them, and more. And you know we're going to take a little historical trip because property taxes have been around a 
hell of a lot longer than in 1789 when old Benjamin came up with his famous saying. The earliest known tax records dating from approximately 6,000 years BC are in the form of clay tablets found in the ancient city-state of Lagash in modern-day Iraq, just north of the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers. Now, back then, the king used a tax system called bala, which meant rotation. The assessors, the tax assessor, would focus on one area of the city-state assessing and taxing one area each month. It seems like a simple enough thing. It's like if you divide it into 12... Man, like that's like uh, Hunger Games, 12 districts. I think it was Hunger Games all the way back then. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, it is interesting though, like feudal system, it was just like they would just take a portion of your crop. Right? Yeah. Like, you're, yeah. Um, like it's not, uh, anyway, property taxes were used thereafter in Egypt, Babylon, Persia, and China throughout the ancient world. Most people were poor and lived in hovels. Is that what Hovels. I think it's like kind of like just a, like a dirt clay stick shack no that's what that's in bali most people stay in hostels right Right. well that's bala is what the thing says almost yeah Yeah, i mean we're getting close i get this okay latin somewhere in here (laughs) the primary focus of early property taxation was land and its production value right they kept records about who owned titles to the land along with the size of their land so that they could establish how much money this individual needed to pay Yeah, exactly. And since essentially the beginning of civilization, property taxes have been a major source of revenue for most governments or governing bodies as we know them. Actually, a historian and judge, Supreme Court judge back in the day, Oliver Wendell Holmes said that taxes are what we pay for civilized society. So long story short, property taxes have been around seemingly since property ownership began. I mean, realistically, like that makes sense because the the giving of the land, like you're giving somebody tenure of something, why else would you do that? It's not just like, oh yeah, like go have that field over there. Like go have that a, field over there like, and pay me an annual income from well, it. Well, but like the distribution, like the creation of the uh, of the ownership, it like the only reason that they would do that is so that they could have some sort of identifying thing to like charge you a you know recurring revenue. exactly yeah they originated big tech entrepreneurs they originated the recurring revenue structure <laughs> but anyway so so let's let's look at taxes property taxes here in Canada Canada is a is a place that, that likes to do taxes so yeah and, and we're not talking about just to be very clear there's a lot of tax stuff to talk about here in Canada you and I aren't exceptionally qualified to that's why we have experts on the show and this episode is really just kind of focusing on property taxes. Maybe we'll do another investor-focused tax yeah, it is, line. It's funny, or, right? Because, um, well, it, it's funny because like the the thing where that really stands out to me, like the utility of property taxes, you know, you're going through your net operating income and then you want to arrive at your before tax, before tax cash flow, BTCF. Like that's where you calculate your cash on cash return and whatever. Mm-hmm. But you, you hear that and you're like before tax, but that's before income tax. Property tax is already deducted in that in that equation. Exactly. Right? So the other place where you would see this is like when you hear and like the easiest way, and this is probably a good, a good uh, not an acronym, it's an initial, initialism. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't make it an acronym. Now, they, now that I tell you. I can't wait to hear this. TMI. You, they could have done Tim. They could have done Tim. T I M. But uh, taxes, maintenance, and insurance, mm-hmm. right? So uh, you common know, line items. Super common. 
every so, investor's yeah. and maintenance can be broken up into a million different course, pieces. Yeah. Like, you know, the more lines you put in, the more things for to confuse your investors. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, you know, that's what seems like that people are doing these days. So anyway, municipalities in Canada apparently will see a significant property tax increases in 2024. It's almost as though these municipalities are feeling some budget constraints and they need to generate revenue all of a sudden. Toronto is one of a substantial property tax increase while I think Toronto increased by 10%, yeah. 10.5%. Vancouver plans a 7.4% increase. Montreal, known for its low tax rates, will face the largest hike in 13 years. Property taxes are being raised to combat fiscal crises and inflation. There you go, Dan. You called I thought it, it was just us who did the inflation stuff. No, no. Everyone likes inflation these days. So what... Who does the assessment is is the question, right? We had the assessors back in ancient times go around and do their thing. Who does it today? Who decides what each property is worth? Well, you've got MPAC, the Municipal Property Assessment Corporation. They're an independent, not-for-profit corporation funded by all of the municipalities in Ontario. And their and role. There's one of these for every province. We're going to cover a couple of other ones, but yeah. MPAC just has a ton of good uh, information on their website. Yeah. So we'll just cover that. And they all kind of work the same. Although in Ontario, assessments are notoriously way off from the actual value of the property. And it doesn't actually matter, by the way, which we'll get to later. Like, because um, assessments are technically revenue neutral. But in BC, you often hear, like, oh, household under assessment, household over assessment. In Ontario, everything sells over assessment because the assessments are like sometimes like drastically, oh, yeah, dra- like hundreds sure. of percent yeah. over. But it doesn't right? matter because like your taxes aren't based on the actual value of your property. They're based on the percentage of your property's proportion of the entire, like let's say all of the properties in one town are worth $100 and your property is worth $1, then you get 1% of the total tax burden of the town. Does it's that great, make sense? Yeah, it's I'm a trying, great way to explain it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna get, we'll, we'll describe it in a bit more sophisticated terms in a minute when we read that from the uh, MPAC website. But anyway, what is their role? Yeah, so they their role is to accurately assess and classify all properties within the province of Ontario. And again, as Dan said, there's different governing bodies for, for provinces. So their roles would be the same in their prospective provinces. And they'll do this, obviously, abiding by the compliance with the Assessment Act and regulations set by each one of those provincial governments. They MPAC is the largest assessment jurisdiction in North America, assessing and classifying more than five million properties in Ontario representing $3 trillion in property value. And that's assuming like that their assessment is way low. Too, exactly. So. so if assessments, if it was more like the West Coast and assessments were kind of in line with sale price, that number would likely be more like $9 trillion? A couple properties in the old. couple, the couple old, properties uh, there. So uh, they're going to say that they are accountable to the province, the municipalities, and of course, the property taxpayers of Ontario through a 13-member board of directors, directors, the board of directors is comprised of provincial, municipal, and taxpayer representatives that are appointed by the Minister of Finance. Man, I would love to just be a professional taxpayer. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah, it's true. I mean, that literally is. I mean, the it, only th- it, hey, when you're professional, you it's certain like, things in life. Yeah. No, it's funny though, because like in order to be a professional at something, it's like your job. Like you go to do this every day, and it's like, well, I do that with paying taxes. That's, that maybe maybe we'll do Dan in brackets PTP. That would be a good, that would be a great like LinkedIn bio thing, like <laughs> professional taxpayer. Anyway, property assessments are determined, and then 
they're shared with municipalities. So, and then the municipalities determine investments required to, you know, upgrade the municipality, run their operating budget, et cetera. So each con- component of Ontario's property assessment plays an important role. The government of Ontario establishes the province's assessment and taxation laws, MPAC, which is this independent arm municipal property assessment corporation. And this would be a very similar structure province by province. So mm-hmm. They determine property assessments for all properties in Ontario. I think we're going to cover Alberta's as well. Is that yeah? Yeah, yeah we touch on uh, touch on Alberta. Municipalities then determine their revenue requirements. So they say, okay, we need a hundred dollars, right? And then they say, oh, Nick's house is worth one dollar, and Dan's house is worth ninety nine dollars. Sorry, what? Nick, but that's how we're going to divide up our taxes. Come on, okay, yeah, I guess that's okay our, for me. Yeah, that's when we start our own um, town. that's what it's going to be anyway so um, property owners pay property taxes which pay for the services of the community so like your arena your municipal roads there's different levels of roads some are provincial like provincial highways as an example Ontario you hear Ontario Highway X that's because Ontario owns it you hear regional road Y it's because the region owns it and then there's municipal roads that the municipality is responsible for snow plowing and blah 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 right each level of government has different um, things that they are responsible for doing. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you got to pay for that stuff. Sounds, sounds fair. I got a random question here for you based off of the, the regional roads and the provincial highways and stuff. What does it mean when you drive past one of those signs and it says, adopt this highway or adopt this road? Does that just mean that like, I think you can like pay more money if you want to. Honestly, I think <laughs> that that's what it actually. I, so. I, I, looked, look it up, I looked it up way back, and I you was like, adopt, huh. "We adopt some roads, yeah, and just like lonely roads out there. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> just cool. start naming them; it'd be great." I'm down. Yeah, and I want to pay more taxes. That probably for my means roads. you just have to like you can pay like an annual fee to um, just like hey, this this road's lonely and no help one loves it. Oh, it's probably like garbage cleanup or something. I don't know. I'm gonna look it up. Snow plowing. Okay, you look it up. I'm gonna talk here about the. If anybody assessment. who's listening has adopted a road and, and wants to share their experience, please <laughs> yeah. let us know. Yeah, how's that road been behaving for you the last couple of years? You had any good times on it? Tell us all about it. Okay, well, let's get back to this. So, uh, while Dan's looking up some very important information on adoption, I'm going to look, uh, I'm going to talk about the assessment cycle. So, MPAC completes a province wide assessment update, and that happens every four years based on legislated valuation. Now, the valuation date established by the Ontario government is a fixed day on which all properties are valued. The last province-wide assessment update took place in 2016 based on January 1st, 2016. That was the last valuation date. In 2020, the province-wide assessment update was postponed due to obvious things that happened in 2020. And on November 4th of 2021, the province announced the decision to postpone the assessment update again. Property assessments for 2023 and 2024 tax years continue to be based off of the January 1st, 2016 assessed value. So we're like eight years out of date at this point on- They're uh, waiting for another bull market to- Yeah, um, like, ah, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll get them at the top. Interest rate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. waiting, we'll wait until interest the, rates are yeah. bo- like bottoming out again. And, yeah, we're uh, waiting for rate cuts. Um, aren't we all? Yeah. Okay. So Dan, tell me about um, the next PCR proper uh, assessment. Before I and, do that, do you know what a dog? Yeah, yeah. I just okay. wanna, so I feel you know, like when you watch like a kid show, like I'm thinking like Blue's Clues or something. You probably don't do this because I you don't, don't have kids. kids but, that would just be well, weird if I Blue's Clues was like did, older but, kids. But yeah, anyway, true, so yeah. you know, like 
the main character will be like sitting there and then the other character will be like, he'll send them off on like a side quest and then they'll come back with yeah. the answer. That's what I just did. <laughs> <laughs> I just did it on a podcast. No, I also but, feel like, you know how Joe Rogan's like, hey, can we look that up? Yeah, yeah. We, like you, we just did that, but it's yeah, only it's us true. two here. So yeah. Well, anyway, so about the adopt a highway program, I was right. It was clean and trash. That's what it is. So okay. Ontario's so adopt a highway program. Yeah, it allows you to adopt a section of provincial highway to keep uh, highways clean by participating in the program you could make a direct contribution to the environment by volunteering your time to pick up litter along the sides of the road and uh, you can be an individual an organization of, or a group you just got to send them an email submit a form that they will get you then you get accepted you have to get safety trained which makes sense that's reasonable you're gonna be standing on the side of a road cleaning. yeah but these aren't like highways these are like usually like gravel or dirt roads kind of thing I, like, that must be different that must be like a municipal thing because this says adopt a highway which is like that's big I, I think i need to adopt a side road before i adopt a highway i gotta work my oh, yeah. way up <laughs> yeah get some get yeah it's true get some experience first before you go to the big leagues. okay so there we go now we figure that out thank you for yeah, that dan no. okay uh, so back i'm gonna to property taxes yes here. i'm gonna go back to my pie analogy and talk about the this revenue neutral thing that MPAC is. So annual property assessment increases are revenue neutral, which means they have no impact on the total property tax amount that the municipality might raise. Rather, these changes provide for a redistribution of the property tax within a municipality based on the value of the property owned. So this means that the assessment determines the size of the slice of the pie that you as a property owner owe with the pie being all of the money that the municipal government needs from their taxpayers. Yeah. So That's does that make, pie. does it make sense? Yeah. I, I, Cause so, when you hear just like revenue neutral, like I try and explain this to people all the time and they're like, what? That makes no sense. But now I think the pie, pies make sense. Yeah. I will, pies are delicious. They're visual and uh revenue neutral is kind of like one of those oxymorons. It's like when I told you I had a friend that used to tell everyone he was a non-equity owner. Right. Right. Like a, it's not two words that yeah. usually are paired too well together. Yeah. Well, I mean, when we're talking about government, I don't think they even know how to be re like revenue neutral would be an, yeah, an improvement. That, that, yeah, seriously. Okay. So property taxes are mandatory payments. The property owners are required to pay their municipal government on a reoccurring basis. You don't just pay taxes and walk away. It keeps happening. The revenue that those municipalities receive from those taxes are again, typically used and kind of redistributed to pay for things like public services, such as, you know, the roads that Dan and I are adopting, uh, <laughs> sewers, municipal Don't litter on our highways. Yeah, right, come on, right? guys. We just bought this. We just adopted this road. Municipal development, schools, parks, fire stations, and other things like that. And again, just snow removal and studies there's your, definitely some studies in there your uh, some committees your uh, your public libraries oh yeah and then of course you know 20 billion dollars worth of consultancy yeah that every government no that's your income tax that goes to that but trust yeah. me municipal i worked in municipal government they do studies too so what happens then dan so each municipality will have a slightly different way of calculating property taxes but there's a basic formula underlying it that is used to determine the property tax amount so Property tax times the assessment value or equals the assessment value times the municipal tax rate, often referred to as a mill rate, right? So you can often like guess what the uh, property taxes would be, or like you'd get your worst case scenario in Ontario if you put the, if you just search the municipality's mill rate and multiply it by the, uh, by the value of the property that you're paying. Mm -hmm. But I mean, in Ontario, the assessments are like 30% less. But anyway, I think the municipal governments are or sorry, the MPAC is gradually trying to get these assessments closer and closer to reflect reality. But yeah, just look up the mill rate. It varies on a municip 
uh, town by town basis. Mm. Interesting. Uh, and, and if there, if if a if a municipality is increasing like the tax rate or increasing taxes, like that's not impact doing that, they're actually turning up their mill rate, right? Like Toronto has one of the lowest ones. Vancouver has the lowest in the in the country, I believe. I think we're going to get to a list yeah, here, and then yeah. Toronto has the the second lowest. Yeah. So as you said, of course, there is a formula for this, just like there is for mm-hmm. most things in real estate. And again, just to reiterate, that is property taxes equals your assessed value times your municipal tax rate or your mill rate. So beyond this basic formula, each municipality and province may have variations on these uh, regulations and procedures to assess the value of your home. So let's take a flight west and hop over to beautiful Alberta, where they use three different approaches when assessing the typical residential property. These uh, sound remarkably similar to the three approaches to valuing residential property on an appraisal. That's that's weird. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've got the sales comparison approach, the cost approach, and the income approach. So the sales comparison approach the municipality reviews sales of the homes in the area that have similar characteristics and uses that data to determine the value of the home they are assessing. In real estate, there's a very complicated term for that. It's called a comp, a comparable. Then we go to the cost approach. Municipalities measure the market value of the land the property is on, plus the cost of improvements, less the cost of uh, improvement depreciation, that's loss in value for improvements of the property. And this approach is typically used when there are few comps. And then the, the final piece is they use an income approach. So, and again, this is when your property is valued based on the income that it produces. And so f- more for commercial properties, obviously, but the municipality estimates what a purchaser would pay for, the, for a property based on its income producing potential, such as how much it would earn as a rental property. In in Toronto, um, as an alternative, there's properties are, are assessed by looking for comparable sales in the area and reviews at least five different factors when assessing a property. They are location, exterior square footage, lot dimensions, construction quality, and age of the building. And when setting the tax rate, the municipality looks at a number of different factors and data points, usually based on the municipality's budget and goals. So since municipalities rely on property taxes for a large portion of their revenue, the more needs a municipality has, the more municipal municipal services it provides, the highest tax rate. Generally, Toronto would fall outside of this rule because, and the reason is because they get a lot of income from development from development charges. So they, yeah. they well, they also have a huge commercial tax base. So they get a lot of businesses in Toronto, obviously, like the financial hub of Canada. So they get a lot of business income because businesses pay taxes, commercial real estate pays taxes as well. So residential property owners, Toronto has really made it easy and good for residential property owners. You can own like a $4 million house in Toronto and be paying less tax than somebody who owns a $800,000 house in Keswick or Calgary or whatever, yeah. right? So it, 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 it's kind of like... It's a shame because they've kind of sold out, like they've really pawned off the cost of running the city on new owners, new purchasers, and on development and by building There's been it a lot of backfire on that yeah. recently, right? Yeah, because de- development charges are extremely prohibitive in there. Yeah. I, I literally wrote a LinkedIn post to ta- and tagged uh, Mayor Chow today and said that you got to waive development charges <laughs> to get some <laughs> oh, your, your rental ex- speaking partner. That, uh, yeah, that was yeah. cool, actually. I did, I did speak alongside uh, Mayor Chow at uh, Razcon. The 
Residential Construction Council of Ontario. Yeah, no, that was a great one too. I mean, look, it it makes, simply put, it makes complete sense. Obviously, Toronto being the outlier is brutal because Toronto is the biggest city that brings in by far the most money that should likely have higher taxes to support that sum. Now, before everyone in Toronto comes at me for saying that, all I'm getting at is when a municipality has more municipal services that it provides, that money for those municipal services comes from the taxes. Therefore, they need a higher tax rate. So we'll get back to that closer to the end of the episode here. Though. Now, keep in mind your property tax bill might also include a number of other fees such as city services, possible education taxes, which are bundled together. They all come under your kind of one invoice, your one tax bill. So what is the highest property tax rate in Canada? Well, you're not going to believe this. I didn't. Winnipeg has the highest property tax rate in Canada at 2.64%. What's the lowest property tax rate in Canada? Well, according to our research, cross-referenced with various other sources, it is Vancouver at 0.28%, so a tenth of the rate in Winnipeg. Wild, because I'm headed to Winnipeg in a couple weeks. We're doing a bunch of big MLI Select projects out there. I'm excited. It's the first time I've been there. And a little teaser, Dan and I will both be out in Winnipeg later this year to launch an event with uh, with the team. But I'm also from Vancouver, and I can tell you, based off of what I know about Winnipeg and Vancouver, they're very different cities. And the fact that Vancouver's tax rate is substantially lower than Winnipeg's doesn't really make sense on paper. I mean, I guess it does um, in some ways. Maybe there's more snow removal. Maybe there's more public services needed in Winnipeg. But based off of the demographics and the income that you need to live in Vancouver seems to be a bit of a an issue there. Anyways, paying property taxes through your mortgage. Let's talk about that. Now, you can choose to pay your property taxes through your mortgage. Your lender will include the taxes in your mortgage payment and make the payment on your behalf. So one less thing for you to worry about. You're still paying for it. It's just kind of bundled in your payment already. So you don't see that other Funny. Um, I had a I had a funny experience with this actually. So, if you're in an insured mortgage, they I think they most uh, a lenders will require that you do this because mm. they want to make sure that your property taxes are paid. So, I had a lender. I'm not going to name the lender, but uh, I was I was paying my property taxes on my uh, through my my loan because I had they they required that I did that to issue the mortgage, and um, they what did they do? They were collecting the money, but they weren't. They weren't giving it to the municipality. So I kept getting tax bills in the mail, and they were like overdue, overdue, overdue. And and I was like, uh, I'm like, I pay my property taxes, and so. But anyway, so I just I got the invoices, and I didn't. And I was like, I just started paying them because I was like, I don't know, something's wrong here, or whatever. And then anyway, I f- I figured out when I was my mortgage is up for renewal, five years that I had literally been. Or no, it wasn't a renewal. It was like two or three years. I think I went to for a refi or something, and I was sitting in the bank and. And they were like, oh, like, what are your property taxes? And I was like, well, you guys, or no, they were like, we pay your property taxes at the end of this thing. And I was like, yeah, I thought that that was supposed to be the case, but I kept getting bills. So I just started paying my property taxes. Anyway, they- You got a big chunk of change back. Yeah, it was like, dude, it was like nine grand because it was several years worth of property taxes. So it was, <laughs> they they literally were like, yeah. And and I was like, okay, well, here's all the late fees because I only, I only ever, the, the municipality only ever sent, ended up sending me the tax bill when- it was late, like because yeah. otherwise, I guess they were just sending it to the said bank, which I'm not going to name. And um, anyway, 
that's a fun story of how to accidentally save nine grand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, don't try that so, one at home. Yeah, I made them pay but, like all the late fees and, and interest on the money in the period of time and whatever. So, I mean, to be honest, that I hate to say it, but we, I have run into that situation a couple of times. There seems to be some random discrepancies between when that does happen and, and the ball gets dropped there more than I see it in, in other places along the the mortgage journey. I mean, it does seem like a kind of ridiculous thing to be doing as a, as a bank. Like, I don't know. It's just like, a, it seems like a bad use of resources, but I guess they've obviously done the cost benefit analysis that, you know, it's better to not risk the person getting behind that's, on taxes. I that's mean, what I think it really being is. Being behind right? on taxes yeah. is, is a bad thing. Like it's well, then it just starts to affect everything, right? Then you got the CRA and you got the, the government kind of. Well, also if to, it, also if the, if the, like, for property tax, it wouldn't be the CRA because it would be the municipality, but the municipality can force right, a sale, right? right they right. can take you power yeah. to sale if you're if you're behind on taxes and then the lender would be at, in a risk position. And so that's probably their incentive to do it. And maybe for first-time buyers, they just notice somewhere along uh, or, or insured buyers, they probably notice somewhere along the way that like, you know, they maybe weren't paying <laughs> their property taxes as faithfully because they just were new. They didn't know, you know, they didn't get it maybe, right? Yeah, I mean, and look, that's a great segue into the the next kind of little piece we're touching on here is what do you do if you can't pay your property taxes? Not that if you forget or there's some kind of weird discrepancy happening with your you and your lender. What happens if you can't? Yeah, so if you can't pay your property taxes, contact a municipality as soon as possible. Some municipalities offer assistance programs to help homeowners facing financial hardship and their tax payments. So these programs may offer credits or grants towards your property tax amount or access to subsidized programs and services for assistance. The, you know, you're, like lenders do this as well, by the way, like uh, your big, big six banks. I think if you declare financial hardship, they automatically extend your amortization, stuff like that. I imagine there are consequences, by the way, to declaring financial hardship. <laughs> but anyway, that does happen. So, you know, yeah. I mean, I, for me here, it's, it's, it's interesting because we see this a lot, right? This is the same advice that what if when well, I mean, we've answered that question several times, what if you can't pay your mortgage? What if you can't pay your credit card? What if you can't pay any utilities? The worst thing you can possibly do in any of those situations is sit around and wait for the call to come in from the person that you owe money to. The best thing you can possibly do is to get proactive and understand that the municipality, the bank, the utilities company, they don't want to shut your utilities off. They don't want to sell your house. They don't want to repossess it or power a sale or anything like that. They just want to talk to you and communicate and figure out when and how they can get your money through some kind of payment plan that they have these assistant programs for. So, Well, like the worst thing that can happen to them is they get $0 if they force you to have to go exactly. declare bankruptcy. Exactly, right? right? So, and yeah. yeah, so anyways, just the, the, the piece, the takeaway there is with anything like that, proactivity is, is the, best, the best thing to do. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about uh, property taxes for foreign owners in Canada. Yeah, this is an interesting one. So foreign property ownership in Canada, foreign owners do not pay additional property taxes. However, uh, and we did a full episode on this, there is that 1% UHT, which is the underused housing tax that applies to vacant or underused housing. And this tax applies to some foreign property owners that do not use their Canadian properties as their main residences. In certain provinces like British Columbia or Ontario, foreigners who purchase properties uh, will pay a non-resident speculation tax, and the rate of that tax varies, but is around 20% or higher. 
So substantially higher than your average tax bracket. Yeah. And then the UHT generally applies to residential properties owned by foreign nationals or partnerships of Canadian residents that are not used as primary residents and are unoccupied for less than 180 days a year. Yeah. So keeping on that. And again, I think that deadline is coming up, I believe. I think it's sometime in February because we did an episode on this a couple months ago when they initially pushed that mm-hmm. that date. So Let's uh, let's finish things off here by looking. I think they moved it to the end of April. I think. Oh, was the end of yeah. April? Okay. Um, yeah, so still, yeah. still a couple more months there. Let's look at this short study by a friend of the show and always a great source of information. Wawa.ca. They presented the property taxes for the thirty largest cities in Canada, considering two scenarios. The first being a $700,000 property value, and the second being an average priced home in each city. Now, effective property tax rates were calculated based on the analysis of over 10,000 home listings, considering both their property taxes and their listing prices. So Dan, start us off here. So the figures are based on fair market values, not assessed prices. Uh, they just wanted to, to leave that important note. And they also use the term effective rate to refer to the ratio of property tax to property values, which differs from the mill rate. Now, and the, and the difference between the fair market and, and assessed value thing is kind of the way we talked about how like Vancouver's assessments are, like the easiest way to, to say it is like in Vancouver, you can literally like the, the market can say whether or not a property sold above or below assessed and it's like relevant. Whereas in Ontario, you never hear anybody even talking about assessment because the only place it matters is on your tax bill because they're so far off of the actual value. I, I remember when a, a very early deal, one of our clients saw the assessed value and like yeah. jaw hit the floor. They're like, shocking. I just paid eight hundred thousand dollars for this and it's worth three hundred and twenty thousand. Right. I don't get it. And I was like, okay, yeah, I know it doesn't make any sense. I don't really know how to tell you how this makes sense, but this is just the way it is. Okay, let's get back to this study by Wowie here. The third thing worth noting is that Canadian cities have relatively low effective property tax rates, with some exceptions being Regina, Winnipeg, and Sherbrooke. All of the other twenty-eight cities in this study have effective rates below 1%. In comparison, the average effective rate uh, in the United States hovers around 1.3%. That's influenced by varying mandates between the US and Canadian municipalities. Yeah. So specifically, the effective tax rates for Canada's biggest cities, Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver, stand at 0.36, 0.71, and 0.27% respectively. So functionally nothing really <laughs> literally yeah like all less than 1% and i mean 1% of a of a big number is, is still a big number but and that's where they go on to say even with these low effective property tax rates in toronto and vancouver the tax burden for the average homeowner remains not that low so toronto is $3800 and vancouver is $3300 so bear in mind that these numbers we're about to read have evolved since Wawa conducted this study in last July. Slight fluctuations in the market and property values, et cetera. But let's let's do two things, Dan. Let's read a couple highlights from this list. Now, remember, this list is broken up into 30 of Canada's largest cities. Column A is property taxes for a $700,000 home, which is less than the national average of, I believe, about $740,000. So I'm just going to do the whole list in order here. So 
property taxes of the 30, 30 largest cities in Canada from the lowest to highest of property tax for a $700,000 home. So what you would pay for property taxes if you owned a $700,000 home in, in these cities. The lowest is Richmond, BC at 1841. Then we have Vancouver, Burnaby, Surrey, Toronto now at $2,500, Oakville, Burlington, Vaughan, Markham, Richmond Hill, Mississauga just getting over $3,000. You're, you're trying to interrupt me. Here. Well, because I wanted to say it's important that we are doing the comparison, right? So let's do the, let's look at the 700K home versus the property tax for the average priced home in that area, which obviously jumps it up quite some bit. So if we look back at the first one, Dan, Richmond, which is a very expensive suburb in the greater Vancouver area, the lower mainland, 1841. Then we look at the average price for a home. Halifax is actually the lowest on that list and it comes in at 20, almost 2,300. So there's a there's a big difference there already in, in just the way that these that the assessment affects it. Sorry, back to the list. Yeah. So if you go to if you're trying to do the comparison thing, it's like Richmond is $1,800 on a $700,000 home, but because their average home price is $1.15 million, the tax, average property tax there on the average home would be th- about $3,000. Anyway, again, we're going back to kind of ranking them not based on the average price home. I think I was at Mississauga. So after Mississauga, you would have Halifax, Brampton, Kitchener, Hamilton, London, and Oshawa, and Oshawa is the first one over four thousand dollars. If you were to own a uh, seven thousand, uh, sorry, seven hundred thousand dollar home, then you have Oshawa, Ottawa, Calgary, Windsor, and Montreal. That's kind of between four and five thousand in that order. Laval, first one over five thousand dollars, which would be five thousand on a seven hundred thousand dollar home. Saskatoon, Gatineau, Edmonton, Quebec City, over six thousand. Longay, Quebec, Regina would be over seven thousand, which seems like that's like that's a full one percent or or uh, yeah one percent yeah. over one percent yeah. there, and then Winnipeg and Sherbrooke would be the the highest. Almost um, looks like they're almost hitting eight thousand dollars there. That's eight thousand annual. That's crazy. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to go through this. Maybe just pick a couple or like the the three. Or, yeah, we'll, maybe top five. Yeah, um, we'll do the the lowest ones again for the. And this is the other column: property tax for the average priced home. Halifax with the average home price about five hundred and twenty five thousand. You're paying just less than twenty three hundred in tax. Let's jump to Vancouver here, where the average home price is one point two four million. You're paying three thousand three hundred thirty five dollars worth of tax. So you are paying essentially the same as a seven hundred thousand dollar home in Kitchener, Ontario jumping down the list where things get more expensive. Let's look at Markham, Ontario. Average home price, $1.23 million. You're paying just less than $5,000 in property taxes, essentially the same as you would for a $700,000 home in Montreal. So again, this the point of this was to just show the difference in calculating based off of a standard $700,000 home versus what the average priced home in that market is. So the final question we are going to ask ourselves here is why should investors even care about property taxes? They seem to make up a smaller line item. They're a necessary evil. Remember, the only two things in life that are certain are we all going to die and we're all going to pay taxes. So high level for me, property taxes 
shape the local housing market and they shape the local community a lot as well, right? They they influence the cost of buying, they influence the cost of renting or investing in homes and apartments and, and buildings in that, in that certain area. And they, they'll have an effect on public services like schools and arenas, parks, some of those pull factors we talk about for people to choose a market to invest in. So my other thing is I would... Um... I would argue that it's the only non-negotiable, the only non-negotiable line item, right? So like, yeah, you can't really negotiate. Let me talk to the municipality. I don't want to pay this. I mean, you you technically can. Maybe we should actually go through what that is. So you can go and argue your assessment. Yeah, yeah. And and MPAC will come and reassess you and uh, request a different assessing company if you have had a bad experience with. With one of them, I believe. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know if you can do that in Ontario, but anyway. So, so what you can do is you can you can like you can't go to the municipality and be like reduce my taxes, right? Like charge me less than everyone else in the municipality, right? But you can ask for a new assessment, and you can there's letters that you can do. You can also get reductions for things like protected farmland or sorry, protected forests. So you can get it used to be OMAFRA, but uh, Ontario Ministry of Food and Agriculture. I think it's uh, I can't remember what it is now, but. Anyway, any of these, like every, every or every province has different programs where you can ask for reductions if you're a farmer, as an example, because agricultural is pr- productive land for different purpose. And so it's not subject to, like it's part of this food supply chain. So we can't tax um, farmers into oblivion. I imagine it would be Probably not a good go thing. so well, no. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, there's limited scope of the ability, let's call it, to to negotiate property taxes. as So it's not really like a, an area of your of your your expense profile that you can do a lot with. And so that's why I think investors should really care about it because on the way in, you got to be like, okay, you know, oh, like if you're buying a property, it's like, oh, the taxes are high. It's like, no, oh, the taxes are high, you know, because you're stuck with that forever. Yeah. And they're always going to be high because the assessment will likely continue going, escalating on the same, you know, whereas if you can find like the same property, like run, like actually run a discounted cash flow on the difference of tax values between two identically comparable duplexes and be like, oh, that's the savings of the extra thousand dollars a year accounts to this much over the 25 years that I'm going to own the home. Huh, I mean, now we're now we're actually thinking about things like a real estate investor. So yeah. that's why I think ta- property taxes matter. And the other piece is um, as an investor is PITI, right? So lenders will look at principal interest taxes and insurance. Like that's, those are the things that they deduct from your, when you're, they're calculating your affordability and your, what your ability to service debt. So when we're looking at debt service coverage ratio, the best and most important metric in the world ever. <laughs> um, but it is the most important metric this year because lenders are basically only funding deals that, that hit debt their debt service coverage. Debt. Yeah. Yeah, they hit their debt service coverage ratio. These taxes get factored in. And so if you're so yeah, it might it might seem like a nominal thing, right? It's like, oh, it's a thousand bucks and I'm paying a million dollars. It's just thousand dollars more than the comparable property that I offered on or whatever. But that thousand dollars is a hundred dollars a month or whatever, right? Let's say it's twelve hundred bucks, it's a hundred bucks a month. That reduces your debt serviceability by a hundred dollars a month that can push a deal on or off side. Like it sounds crazy. You're, like, you're so not wrong though, but, right? But so like, those yeah. little things, those, those marginal th- like that hundred dollars a month could literally be the difference in, that's in making it happen or not. And, and on the flip side, that's why we see things like car payments, truck payments. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at you for truck payments <laughs> <laughs> uh, or even like condo fees, right? Condo fees. Like, yeah. Oh, the, this condo fee is only $150 more than the last condo I looked at. But yeah, that, that $150 can, 
can put your GDS and your TDS out of whack, right? So any final thoughts on uh, on, on taxes, Dan? No, um, just that if my municipality is listening, um, I would love it if they wanted to reduce my property taxes. <laughs> and if MPAC is listening, I would love it if they wanted to uh, reduce my assessment. There you go. Okay. If you are listening, please uh, grant Dan's wishes. few pieces of closing uh, advice. Go adopt a road because it uh, sounds fun and, and fairly low maintenance um, or a highway. And uh, make sure to go check out a lot of the links in the show notes. We've got a newsletter that is, that's getting revamped right now. We have got the course and community in there, which is growing and becoming a pretty special thing to be a part of. We've got a bunch of other stuff in there, meetups, merch. So go check out all the links in the show notes. Click on them. Reach out if you got any questions or concerns. And uh, if you adopt a highway, let us know. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you soon. The Canadian Real Estate Investor Podcast is for entertainment purposes only, and it is not financial advice. Nick Hill is a mortgage agent with Premier Mortgage Center and a partner in the G&H Mortgage Group. License number 10317, agent license M21004037. Daniel Foch is a real estate broker licensed with Rare Real Estate, a member of the Canadian Real Estate Association, the Toronto Real Estate Board, and the Ontario Real Estate Association.